Welcome to The Unpodcast. It's about you. This is your host, Caitlin DeBeer. I'm a life coach, speaker, psychology lecturer, and a mum of two littles. And I'm here to inspire you with self-management tips, secrets, interviews, and tricks around loving yourself, loving your life, yep, even the mums, and ultimately to motivate you to want to wake up every morning and live your beautiful life. Over to today's episode. Okay, so Christy, thank you so much for joining me today. I am so excited to have the chat. So lovely to be here. Uh, yeah, I feel like I, I've heard about you for a while and then I heard you speak recently, but on a different topic, although I mean similar, I suppose. Um, but to be honest, as I've just said to you just now, I'm genuinely excited to hear this. So I know my listeners are too, but, but so am I. Yeah, I hope we have some good conversations. Yeah, for sure. So do you want to start just by telling us a bit about yourself? Sure. So my name is Christy Herselman. I lead a movement called The Chat. And I call it a movement because I don't really know what else to call it. It's cool. It's a good word. Um, it's just um, because I'm hoping it's a movement of change in terms of the way we talk about sexuality um, or the increased conversations around sexuality specifically in the home. So basically the chat exists to help parents create an, create an environment in their home where big conversations can be undertaken on an ongoing, healthy, open, non-judgmental way that actually facilitates connections between parents and children. Um, and I started off the chat spe- specifically talking around sexuality and helping parents have that very awkward conversation with their children which um, is not actually one conversation, it's many conversations over the course of their childhood. Um, And then it spiraled out kind of into identity, social media, some of the myths we believe about these things that are being fed to us through social media and through um, kind of just popular culture. And then how as parents do we help our children navigate those spaces? And then also I speak um, to, to predominantly tweens and teens around social media, around identity, around how to how do you make future focused decisions in a culture and a society that tells us to live in the moment? Mm-hmm. So how do we look at um, the opportunities, the situations, the ideas, um, the cultural norms? How do we look at those things that are shaping us all the time as young people and make decisions um, as we navigate those and as we grow and develop and change that, that our future self will thank us for? Mm-hmm. So I spend most of my time researching speaking um i've published two books or three books if you count one book in two languages <laughs> two books. um and yeah i live in amshloti on the north coast with my husband brad and our two boys blake and ryan and our daughter emily um yeah and i just have the privilege of homeschooling emily and at the same time just throwing myself into researching and understanding these ever-changing topics yeah and it's, it's hectic, I mean, what you said, like <clears throat> this tween, teen age group, for me, that's like, like I'll jump at any expert. <laughs> when my kids get to that age, I, I dread it, mm-hmm. um, which, which is wrong. I know, well, wrong, right, whatever, but it's flipping scary um, to think of that. But in saying that, and I've heard this be from people that have heard you talk, is that it starts even earlier. It starts as young as my kids are now. Um, and that, that scares like the living daylights out of me. Um, I know when I heard you speak with Jonathan Manley recently at, um, at a church, you know, event, 
um, we left the event and my husband was like, well, we need to find like schools that do that. Like, like we need people like Beat and our, like, and our team because we don't know. And as parents, I think often we feel so um, lost or, or we don't understand um, of what's going on, obviously in their minds, but more so in society and, and how soon this message is getting in. Mm. 100%. So the, the chat was actually born at a birthday party where my daughter's friend was turning seven. And one of the, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the moms said, have you spoken to your daughter about sex? And all of us were kind of dumbfounded and thought, mm. don't we have lots of time? And she said, no, I've heard this phrase, eight is too late. And I have a background in journalism and in education. And so I just said to the moms, well, let me find out what we're supposed to be saying and when we're supposed to be saying it. And that was the beginning of my research. And almost immediately, um, I realized that these conversations do. They need to start from the age of two or three. Sure. Obviously not about explicit sexuality, yeah. but about our body parts, about privacy, um, about uncomfortable, comfortable touching with strangers, mm. um, about things like um, using the biological names of our body parts mm. to avoid shame, because shame is such an issue around sexuality. And so when, when they're little, if we all start when they're little with these age-appropriate small conversations, when we get to the teen and tween years, we've got such a great foundation, and we've established ourselves as the trusted experts with yeah. our children. When they have questions, they'll come to us. We, if, if we don't know, we go and find out and then we come back and tell them. And we've established in our home that we can talk about anything mm. um, and we will help you navigate anything. And of course, we talk about consequences. We don't shield our children all the time from their consequences or from um, potential mistakes, but we do equip them with, with loving guidance, boundaries, accurate information. And in fact, I had a, a message from a mom in New Zealand yesterday who had done one of my video-based courses. And she said she just loves that no matter what conversation comes up now, she feels like she can have it. Sure. And it's, it's just about feeling confident. Mm. And if we can start that early with our children and they feel like they can come to us and when they find the tampon in the cupboard, mm. they can come to us and say, mom, what is this? And you don't run and hide and say it's cotton wool don't yeah. worry i said that for many years yeah, so no, it makes me want to cry thinking of that yeah, there's but, no yeah. shame here because we're all in the same boat and we all start trying to figure it out but we can say mm. our bodies are amazing and mm. let me just tell you um, about what will happen at a certain age instead of it being this fearful thing that will happen to a woman that she dreads yeah. it's now a, a potential conversation so that when we do later talk about sex and about how babies are made We've had one conversation already, mm. and it's kind of opened opened that that space and that atmosphere in our home where I'll answer your questions. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Just thinking of like a kid at school hearing something and being like, "Well, don't worry, I'll ask my mum." Like I can imagine Sarah 100%. saying exactly that. Like, how cool if if we could get them to that point of saying like, "We don't need to look online or we don't need to whatever." Like my mum knows, like, 100%. and we're allowed to talk about that. And in most, in most homes, it's not like that. And no. so the reality is, is that the internet has become the 21st century sex education class because it's more forthcoming mm -hmm. and more, um, it's easier to access the information than nervous parents or mm -hmm. completely silent parents who won't have those conversations. Yeah. And the, the, the problem, of course, with that is that what they're getting is not healthy, accurate, loving 
information from a person who cares about their future yeah. they're finding a distorted ugly version of sexuality yeah. um, and with your psychology background you'll know about the law of first mention which mm. which is basically the first time we encounter something becomes our grid through which we view it mm. and I don't know about you but I want my children to have a beautiful version of sexuality as their first mention yeah. not some ugly distorted pornographic website as this is what sex is. No, they're going to come across that later, 100%. Um, in the culture they're growing up, in the digital age they're growing up, the average age a child sees porn in South Africa is 11. Sure. So you definitely need to have the conversations before then. So when they do come across that, at least they can go, no, wait a minute, this is not what sex is. Yeah. I know what sex is, mm -hmm. and it doesn't look like this. Yeah. Oh, these things are like <laughs> hectic. But it's good. And I think for me... Um, I know, like, so I heard about the chat, gracious, from someone at Swimming a few months ago, and I was that exact person, like you've just said, at the birthday party. I was like, no ways, man, like, my kids are, like, three and two, nearly four, you know, there's no way. But but obviously things are changing, and, and as you say, they're being exposed to things younger than ever before. I mean, how young would a person find out about this stuff? It depends very much on their life situation. It also depends on the child and how curious they are. Mm. Um, it does also depend on, on things they're exposed to at school. Um, I've, I, I've had experiences where, where children have heard words at school. Um, a, a very sad example was a little boy of eight. Um, he was quite theatrical. And so he was at an all-boys school and the boys were calling him a gay boy. And so he didn't know what that meant. And so he went and Googled it. Mm. So obviously what he came across was very disturbing to him. And, um, and so it, is, it does depend on situations. You, you'll find some children will go into their tween years even and, and not know. Mm. Um, but the reality is, is, is that with internet access, um, our children are at risk higher, um, sooner, than, sooner than we were. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, the consequences are far greater. Then, if we didn't, and, and so many of us from from my generation, I'm um, 43. Mm. Uh, our parents, if they did speak to us, it was very brief, oh, yeah. or they gave us a book. Mm. But most parents, I were, remember the book. The book. You probably had the same book. <laughs> I, I literally told a friend last night at dinner. I was like, I had a book, and she, her experience was totally different. She had parents that spoke about it, and now she's got a really, really healthy view on on sex, sexuality, whatever. I'm like super embarrassed, won't talk about it, you know, and I can't blame my parents. I feel like I'm wired just like them. 100%. That's, yeah. And also we, we often will pass on what's passed on to us. Mm. But the great thing is that at every generation we get to choose the legacy we pass on mm. to our children. And a lot of parents are fearful or anxious ar around speaking about sex because of their own experiences. Mm. It can be something um, as devastating as child abuse, or it could be um, the absence of a loving father. Or it could just be out, oh, my parents didn't talk to me, so I'm scared. Mm -hmm. But but as, as parents, it is it is imperative that we deal with those things in our own lives, that yeah. we get the help we need. Because children, they, they can smell inauthenticity and fear. Mm -hmm. So we need to create a healthy um, mindset around sexuality ourselves so that we can pass on that to our children. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the great thing. And there's um, an incredible author called Chris Vallotton, mm -hmm. and I don't know if you've heard yeah. of him. He, he runs a movement called Moral Revolution, and, and he says, you know, talking about the hookup culture and, um, you know, this, these high incidents of, of broken relationships, mm -hmm. terrible experience around sexuality, um, 
the, the idea of sex being with someone you love and care about is, is for many people, it's, it's something of the past. Sex is recreational. Sex is about power. It's about so many things that actually sex was never meant to be about. And he says, how did we find ourselves here? How do we find ourselves in this place? And he says, there are many reasons. But he says the primary reason is the lack of healthy sexual instru instruction in the home. Mm -hmm. And that's quite, quite an indictment. But also he goes on to say the good news is that if we as parents will have healthy conversations with our children around sexuality, we can transform our nation in a single generation. Sure. It's, it's not about laws. It's not about anything else other than like your friend's mom did for her, mm -hmm. imparting um, a version of sexuality that is healthy that she can take into her future. Sure. Yeah, it's empowering. Yeah, I mean, it, it's incredible. I think um, if the listeners are anything like me, it's sort of like, well, where do you start? Like, could you walk us through some form of how, how does this look? Especially, obviously, for, I mean, me specifically, my kids being sort of age two, three, um, and, and I suppose from then onwards. Yeah, 100%. So, so as I said, from age two or three, um, they're kind of quite curious about their body parts. Mm -hmm. And um, at this age, very basic conversations, um, naming penis and vagina. I don't think we've ever done that. So Come on. And, here we go. And yeah, if, if your listeners are anything like most people, you'll have to practice it a few times before yeah. you say it to your child. Yeah, or you'll giggle. Um, or you'll giggle. <laughs> I mean, we all use the, the winky and the fanny and oh, yeah, we all use sure. all those things. But, yeah. but the reason we use the biological terms is because why do we have these special words for our private parts, but not our elbow, our knee, our forehead or whatever? Um, it's because in the past, it's, there's been so much shame around them. Yeah. So that's kind of a good starting point that they're natural, that, they, that they're part of your body. They serve a function. Obviously, they're precious. They're private. Avoid excessive touching. Obviously, no one else touching those kinds of conversations. And then three to five, they call kind of the magical thinkers. They, they kind of very imaginative. And if we don't tell them the facts about stuff, they kind of make stuff up. Yeah, Sarah. Yeah. yeah. And at this age, this is, a, this is often where the question is, how are babies made? Or, or where do babies come from? Mm. This is when they'll be like, there's a mom and a dad and there's this growing tummy. How does that baby, how did the baby get in there? You know, those kinds of questions will come up. So this age is a good a good age to kind of talk about. Um, and again, use the words. Don't use egg because they'll picture a chicken's egg probably. Yeah. So we use a sperm and an ovum. And for us, again, they were quite strange because we, we didn't use those. But a sperm and an ovum, sperm from dad and ovum from mom, came together inside mom's uterus. Um, and it's, a, it's a, a miraculous, beautiful thing. You started to grow. There's some wonderful National Geographic videos about these things that you can use about how the baby grows and the baby continues to grow um, until the baby's ready to come out and then at this at this stage you might say how does the baby come out um if you've had a caesar that's not your get out of jail <laughs> I was free just thinking, those lucky moms <laughs> those lucky moms no those lucky moms need to say um the body is amazing the the way women were designed was your body starts to um, contract we, and we say um, in my book I say the muscles get tight and start mm. to push the baby down until eventually the, the baby is pushed out through the vagina and again we've been saying vagina since they were two so these words yeah. are now a bit easier for us and the baby the, the children at this stage are usually like oh I mean they may even not ask that at this age but they might and just keep it factual and then in my in my book I also say sometimes the baby needs a little help getting out and so we talk a bit about Caesars and, and why and that kind of thing. Um, again, 
at this age you still talk about the privacy every the areas covered by your swimming cards you are private but if you do find them in a in a little act of genital show and tell with a neighbor we avoid shame at all costs we don't use words like that is disgusting how could you i'm so ashamed of you um Herstelmans don't do this kind of thing. Yeah. We don't use those words. We use we use words that that are life giving. That are, um, my darling. Remember that your your private parts are precious and they're private. They're not for other people to touch, mm -hmm. and you may not touch someone else's because they're precious and private. Um, so those kind of more positive words are That's very important. Good. Yeah, and then as they go into um, the seven to nine age group, this age group provides the perfect opportunity for the chat. For that big conversation they're cognitively ready for it at this age um, but they haven't tipped over to the tween years yet mm -hmm. so the tween years are not ideal for the chat because they become super awkward mm -hmm. that age yeah. is the most awkward age of all that like 9 to 13 mm -hmm. they very much will, and I'll talk about that just now so mm -hmm. 7 to 9 this is when you can actually have the conversation um, and this is the age group I wrote my book for mm -hmm. because even the most prepared parents um, and I say parent because moms and dads need to both get in on this conversation. It's very important that dads speak words of life into this area as well. Um, and, and so at this stage, you actually have to have that conversation um, that a man puts his penis into a woman's vagina, a sperm swim up into the uterus, and if there is an ovum that's, that's ready, um, they will come together and a, a new life will form. Um, usually the kids are like, oh, that's pretty gross. You and dad did that. They kind of yeah. have those co kind of conversations. In, in my case, my, my daughter said, so you and dad only had to do it twice. Hey, because Blake <laughs> and Ryan are twins. <laughs> but at this age, you, you also talk about the fact that sex is a beautiful gift of mm -hmm. intimacy. Mm -hmm. um, and that is why it's best kept for a committed marriage with a person who loves you mm -hmm. and cares about you because marriage because sex is not perfect in our performance culture we've made it about performance we've made it about perfection but actually um, and you don't have to give all these details to your yeah. seven-year-old but to say it's a very special way that a man and woman show their love to each other and it's not to be taken lightly mm -hmm. um, so it's for reproduction and it's also for love mm -hmm. um, so those kinds of conversations again um, this is where they're becoming more aware socially. So it, it might be, um, so how come so-and-so's got a baby and they don't have a husband or, so yeah. there's kind of, um, yeah, so you may, you, you'll kind of go into those conversations of single parents or um, unplanned pregnancies or those kinds of things. And a good opportunity as well to talk about consequence, about decision-making, but always without judging other people for their decisions or for their mistakes or for whatever, because um, we do not want to raise judgmental children. We want to raise loving children who are embracing of all people. Yeah, I um, love that. You know? Mm -hmm. And so in, in the same vein, every time we talk about sexuality, sexuality in our home, I always discourage playground talk. So you always say to your parents, to your, sorry, to your children, that these are beautiful, important conversations that every parent has the right to have with their own children. Mm -hmm. So you don't go to school and tell yeah. your friends or your cousin or whoever um, very important because I think that's a fear of most parents yeah. yeah so in the seven to nine that kind of thing will come up you may come across words like rape mm. um, oral sex things like yeah. that um, I know um, a friend um, who bought my book um, they kind of decided to read it to all their kids at the same time so it was like a seven-year-old a nine-year-old and an 11-year-old and um, 
they kind of read it and they said any questions and the 11 year old actually said well how does the penis get in there so they had to talk about erections and, sure. and those kinds of things but then he went oh dad so that's what a boner is mm. so so it's yeah. it's an age where kids are hearing a lot of sexual lingo mm. especially as they go into the tween years mm. so maybe let's jump into that 11 um to well, sorry nine to twelve mm. that that's the tween year so they're hearing at this age a lot of sexual lingo they're hearing it on youtube they're hearing it on the playground they're hearing it in some of the stuff they watch and and um definitely if they're on social media they're hearing these words but they don't actually know a lot of the time what they mean yeah. and so this is the age where we want to have created an opportunity sorry, an environment and a culture in our homes mm -hmm. that we will have conversations with our children. Mm -hmm. Because as they get older, it's not so much about imparting information, it's about helping them process the information that they're getting. Yeah. So we want our home to be the place where the, a little boy can come and say, what is a gay boy? What is a boner? Yeah. What is this? What is that, mom? I, don't, I heard this word. What does it mean? Mm -hmm. um, so in that tween age, we don't want to be overdoing the talking, otherwise they'll zone us out. But we want to be very available um, to what's going on. Um, if they're on social media, that we're on social media with them to know what kind of things they're seeing and hearing. Yeah. Speaking a lot into identity and values because you'll know that from this age, they, the building blocks of their character are being established yeah. from about the age of uh, 11 to time. 14, yeah. right? Yeah. And so this is an age where it's fundamental that our children know how valued and precious they are because they're constantly comparing themselves and yeah. there's often a very negative self-narrative going on in their heads mm -hmm. so we have to be a voice in that space talking about what healthy dating looks like in the future um what, what it, ha, talk about puberty talk about periods please parents of boys talk to your boys about periods so mm -hmm. that they can respect women here we're starting to talk about consent a very very key topic in South Africa at the moment is this thing of consent and speak to your boys and your girls about consent because mm -hmm. girls are becoming increasingly sexually aggressive sure. and so our boys need to know that they can say no mm. if they want to yeah. you know yeah. um, so these as you see the, the conversations are getting more complex as our children grow but if we started off strong and built foundations these conversations happen a lot more easily. Yeah, I love that. And it makes you feel less scared as a parent. 100%, yeah. So less scared of society, but also less scared of the conversation coming up because you've started it. Mm. And a lot and of parents parents out of fear. Yeah, for sure. And we don't want to have these conversations no. out of fear. We have them out of love. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. And I think, yeah, I, I can literally like watch this process unfold in my head of how much easier it would be to get there in the tween years that I panic about if we've gone there already and sure. sort of laying that foundation that it is easy to say well for them to come home and ask that question or or be honest about something embarrassing or that they think is embarrassing or someone's told them is embarrassing um, and I, I like that too I want home to be to be safe and um, and as you say if you're not the one talking to them someone else is yes and if we if we don't talk to our children about sex we are inadvertently telling them that sex is something taboo and shameful yeah um, and we don't want that to be the version of sexuality that they carry into their marriages because yeah. um, it's going to be very hard for them to have a healthy marriage if they think that sex is something dirty and shameful, that now I'm married or whatever and I've got to switch on a switch that says sex is healthy. It's, mm -hmm. And so, yes, 100% we have to, um, we have to, our children, because a lot of parents say to me, well, my child hasn't asked, so I'm not going to say anything. Mm -hmm. And they think they've kind of got away with it almost. 
Um, but some children just don't ask. And that's why we as parents need to take the lead and be intentional. Be the parent. Be the parent and be yeah. intentional and take our opportunities. And this is is part of the chat is, is that we want it. It's not about one monumental conversation on the couch. Mm. It's about ongoing natural conversations on the kitchen counter while you're cooking, mm. in the car. The car's a wonderful place oh, yeah. because no one has to look at each other and everyone's mm. captive. So if you've got older children, make your car a device-free zone because the conversations that come up in the car and around the dinner table, eat dinner together. Mm. The things our children tell us at the dinner table, the things they ask, I mean, in, in my new book that's coming next year around healthy digital use, I've, I've made cut-up conversation cards. Cool. You can make your own, mm. you know, about just to get some conversation going yeah. in your home because it's about ongoing ongoing conversations. Because mm. I don't know about you, but my kids don't come home from school and say, Mom, make yourself a cup of tea. I want to tell mm. you about my yeah, day and don't. ask you some stuff. No, no it's about yeah. creating opportunities for connection in our home. Mm that we're not always so busy on our phones or on our computers or our children at a gazillion um, extramurals, that there's no space in our home for our children to process. Because mm. a lot of it is about just being quiet, disconnecting, processing, and then going, oh, let me ask my mom about that. Yeah, I hear you. I know even, I mean, says only three and a half, but if I ask her in the car how her, how her day was at school, so she, she says she doesn't remember. But as the day goes, and we I spend most afternoons with them, she'll suddenly say like, oh, mom, my friend, whoever said this today, or do you know that if you do this, this happens, or the whole day unfolds. Like, she, she tells me everything as the afternoon goes. Yeah. So her little brain is just literally working the day out. And yeah, it's, it's compartmentalizing and processing. Mm -hmm. And often those anecdotes are little, are little gateways into our yeah. children's lives to start conversations, to get them thinking about things, about mm -hmm. how they... How did you feel? What did you think? Mm. What do you think is the right response? What do you, mm. and it's not all about sexuality, but, yeah. but some of it is, you know, and some of it's about identity mm. um, and about self-worth. Mm. That's um, my like thing in life. <laughs> it's well, it's the key. What I'm so passionate it? about, yeah. I mean, if you mm. raise a person of, who has a very strong self-worth that doesn't depend on whether someone is sexually attracted to them mm. or accepts them, then they, they, they'll put down healthy boundaries. They'll make healthy choices mm. um, because they're not, they're not engaging with that person out of a deficit. Yeah, exactly. They're doing it on a healthy, in a healthy way. Sure. And for a lot of us, that's, mm. that's yonks in the future. Mm. But, but you know what? If we know where we're going, because mm. there's a saying that says, without vision, we cast off restraint. Mm. And so for me, it's all about envisioning our kids. Yeah. And part of our vision is, who are you? Mm. Um, and you are loved. And you are an incredible human being with with purpose and destiny. Mm. And that's, it sounds like it's not the same thing as sexuality, but sexuality is. is part of your identity. Sure. It's a precious gift that you've been entrusted with and that you have the power over and that you get to um, have self-control and, and choose how you engage. And, and there's so much science around the fact that um, there's no such thing as casual sex. It's it's actually it's actually yeah. mind blowing how even on a chemical level we bond with someone, which in a marriage is an incredibly healthy thing, mm. but it's not healthy at sixteen. Mm. Yeah, no, yeah, you. <laughs> with someone that you not have a, have any intention of mm. of engage of having a life with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Sure, this has been so interesting, and I, yeah, I know my husband's going to be listening and <laughs> coming home with like a list of things we need to do now. Um, but but I love that, and I love that that these days, whilst things like social media can be dangerous, we're also exposed to movements like this, 
where we can be empowered as parents with information. And in the past, I, f I feel like they just were never given that. Um, so I'm so grateful for the work that you do. It's such a pleasure. And, that, and that's such a key thing, because I think if I look back on my own life, it was probably lack of healthy information that, mm. that led to some of my mistakes. Yeah. And um, we're going to do the best as parents. Our children are going to fail. Mm. We're going to fail. But it's not going to be, hopefully, because we, we didn't give them accurate information. Mm. And um, this generation that's growing up now has access to the most information of all time. Um, and some of it great, some of it not so great. Mm. And as parents, we, 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 have the, um, we have the ability and the privilege of, of helping shape them because they're being shaped by something all the time. Yeah. And yeah, and so there's there's so many great resources out there that we as parents can use. Um, but I think it all boils down to just homes where parents and siblings and sons and daughters are connected, mm -hmm. they feel safe. Um, and and not every every family is a mother or father and two children. Yeah. It may be a, a an older an older sibling being a caregiver. Um, it might be a grandparent. And actually when I wrote my book, that's one of the things that was uh, key to my book is I wanted to, I wanted to write a book that anyone could read to their child, because um, before I'd written my book, one of my one of my best friends, she's a very very blonde, um, South African white South African yeah. woman, single, not married, never married, adopted two children of color, and so a lot of the books that I'd come across that that spoke about what sex is was this picket fence story of a mom and a dad who got married and had babies. She says, how do I read that to my child? So that kind of planted a seed. I was like, no, well, let's, this has got to be a book that anyone can read to their child, regardless yeah. of their birth story. And then the book is called Birds, Bees and Destinies because the other thing I wanted to impart um, is that every child carries purpose and destiny, regardless of their birth story. Yeah, for sure. Because I, I've come across so many people in my, in my um, work and in my, in my life who still carry rejection from how they were created, how they were conceived. Either they were abandoned or their parents, um, you know, they, they were a teen pregnancy or something like that. And how that some, somehow disqualifies them or makes them um, unworthy. Mm. And so you'll see if you read my book that part of what I say is that each birth story is different. But each baby was made in the same way. Mm. Um, and each baby carries in it gifts and talents and purpose that this world needs to be a better place. Mm. And so that's your story. That's my story. That's the story of every human being on the planet. Mm. And so I wanted, I wanted children as young as six or seven, when they're hearing about the mechanics of the birds and the bees, to also have that sink into their hearts and hopefully take root as, a, as something that would be one of the foundations of their character and their identity. Mm. I love that. Yeah. Where can people find your book? Find you. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, my book is available at most major bookstores now. So our exclusive books, um, Kum books, Bargain books. Um, uh, it is also available on my website, which is www.thechat.co.za. Um, and on, on that website, you can also get hold of me um, and find out about the talks I do, find about the work I'm doing. I'm also on social media as um, at the chat Durban. Um, but also for any international listeners, you can either contact me or if you go to kumbooks.co.za, they do ship internationally as well. Oh, amazing. Yeah. And tell everyone your book's name again, if they are going to shop in a shop for it. Sure. So it's called The Chat, Birds, Bees and Destinies. And then in January, my new book will come out. And that is called Hashtag Well Connected, 
how to be safe, wise, and kind online. And that is aimed at children um, aged 9 to 12, um, directly aimed at them for them to read as a tool as they're starting to navigate the digital space. Amazing. Ban safe. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Um, Um, Pre-orders are going to open for that in December. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that. I love that you're giving parents tools that can help them. I think life is so busy these days as parents. We're trying our absolute best. Messing it up, but trying our absolute best. So I think if we can get our hands on anything that's going to help that process, um, how how amazing. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you for your time. It's a pleasure. It was wonderful to be here. Thank you. I really feel like this is going to be... Yeah, not just beneficial for like the people that obviously have kids my age, but but the ones now with the tweens and the teens as well who are listening and going like, oh my, I need to send that to my aunt, my cousin, my friend, whatever, um, and really yeah, get yeah. their hands on this tool. Yeah, and I think and and I think that's why I chose the the word a movement because someone will hear it mm-hmm. and then they'll be at a birthday party and someone will go oh my goodness, you won't believe what happened today. You won't believe what my daughter asked me or what my son did. And, and they hopefully will be able to just share one or two tools Love that. Um, that will take out the fear of the situation and help them to, to process it healthily and, and yeah, somehow shape another family yeah. in a positive way. Yeah, I love that. Amazing. Yeah, thank you. Such a pleasure. This episode has ended. Oh my word, what an inspiring woman. I have no doubt that you are super inspired and please please guys go on over and find the chat and and spread the message spread this movement help spread the word about this movement if you're a mom and your kids are at a school then tell the school about it um christy is is an amazing speaker and i have no doubt that she's going to get plenty talks booked through this Um, and i really hope she does because i think this is really a message that's worth spreading and an incredible tool that we now have access to as parents For anyone still looking for coaching for the remainder of this year, I still have three spots available to fill and those are going to be Skype sessions and my coaching for the end of the year is really focused on you finishing this year on a high, making sure that the year doesn't just sort of dwindle down, if there's such a word, um, but that you really feel like you finished this year in in a beautiful way where you get to celebrate what's happened, analyze what didn't happen or what you hope to happen and have a plan for next year so that you feel empowered to not set those same new year's resolutions again i know how tempting that is but at the same time quite defeating or self-defeating too so i'd be honored to work with you there's a coaching special on my website at the moment under my shop page cool lots of love everyone have a happy week